0: Well, I think this president came in saying, I'm going to remake world trade. And I think he's definitely done that. Uh, one can argue, you know, how he's gone about it, but he has impacted the way trade takes place. Welcome to In the Driver's Seat, a podcast on managing financial risk in your grain operation. Brought to you by ABM.
1: Good morning. Holly Donato here and welcome back to this podcast podcast. The tariffs and counter-tariffs with China hit hard last summer, and we're going to hear from a trade analyst about whether that's expected to change anytime soon. But first, I want to welcome back Doug Rosa. Doug leads the producer origination efforts for ADM in North America. Good morning, Doug.
2: Good morning, Holly. How are you?
1: Good. Specific to the trade war issues, um, what's what are your thoughts on the fact that that drags on?
2: Well, trade wars have been kind of the top news item for almost a year now. And there's been lots of things. We, of course, had the market facilitation payments uh, to help take the edge off of the, the trade war issues, especially as it relates to soybeans, but uh, across the board. So that has offered a little assistance, but you know there is no plan for that program continuing. And You know, the trade talks, uh, you know, are ongoing debate, ongoing discussion, and nobody really knows what exactly will happen or when it will happen. So it's one of the things that we're paying attention to. It's not the only thing, but it's one of the things that we're really keeping an eye on.
1: The situation was really on everyone's mind when I was down at the uh, Farm Futures Business Summit in Iowa. And um, Roger Bernard was a trade analyst with Informa who spoke. And I caught up with him afterwards, and he summarizes his points in that conversation. We're going to join that now. And with me now is Roger Bernard who's a senior policy analyst with Informa Economics, IEG. And he talked with farmers today about the trade picture, which has been, of course, dominant in headlines throughout this year. Um, first of all, just give us a, an idea of what Informa Economics does and provides?
0: Uh, We're a firm that provides information, intelligence, and analysis of uh, issues uh, regarding agriculture, trade, uh, various commodities, uh, transportation, energy, uh, you know, a lot of the factors that affect U.S. agriculture, uh, be it agribusinesses, farmers, they cover a fairly broad brush.
1: So you've certainly been busy lately analyzing the shutdown and the uh, trade uh, negotiations with China. What is your outlook for a settlement with China, first of all, top of everyone's mind here?
0: Well, I think what's, what's going to be important for everybody to really understand about this, it's going to take longer than most people hope and most people expected when this whole process started. Mr. Trump's M.O. has always been he wants quick action, except when it comes to the case of China. Let's keep it in perspective, too, from the fact that the issues that this administration is seeking to address with China are things that have unfolded over a course of years. So it's not going to be an overnight snap of the fingers, and things are taken care of. It's going to take time to get the issues, the big issues in this trade situation, really resolved. And that's the matters of intellectual property protection, the, uh, what the U.S. and other countries say are forced technology transfers by China on the part of businesses, U.S. businesses or foreign businesses, that want to do business in China that that's part of the, uh, you know, process. And, of course, the Chinese deny that that's the case. So, uh, you know, it's going to take a little while, I think, to get those things resolved.
1: So agriculture has felt like a pawn in this uh, impasse we're having. What are your survival (laughs) tactics that you recommend farmers um, do?
0: You know, I think there has been some benefit for farmers coming from the uh, uh, market facilitation program payments that the uh, Trump administration has put together. Uh, that's one thing that has helped them. Uh, farmers too though have uh, also I think done some uh, you know solid marketing too. Some farmers at least have uh, you know marketing their crops in this case in particular soybeans at prices which were you know potentially profitable. So when they get that additional money coming in from the market facilitation payments, it helps, you know, ease some of the pain that they're experiencing. But the bushels and things that maybe hadn't been priced, those are going to be the ones that, uh, you know, farmers might feel a little less uh, happy about, uh, you know, in the end run.
1: You say that March will be a really important time to watch the U.S.-China relationship. Why is that?
0: Well, March 1 is the end of the 90-day truce, if you will, that uh, President Trump uh, and uh, Chinese President Xi agreed to in Argentina, that neither side would take additional actions on the trade front while they tried to negotiate a deal. That ends March 1, and already the administration has announced that March 2, tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese goods will rise from 10% to 25%, unless... We've had enough progress, so it's going to be extremely important to listen to the tone of comments from both sides on how, whether or not we're getting the signs of there's progress.
1: Where are we going in the big picture? Are we, you said there's no such thing as completely free trade or completely unfree trade, So, but the pendulum swings. Where are we going?
0: Well, I think this president came in saying, I'm going to remake world trade. And I think he's definitely done that. Uh, One can argue, you know, how he's gone about it, but he has impacted the way trade takes place. I think if we get some of the changes that this president wants to make, Uh, especially when it comes to China and Mm -hmm. some of their practices that they've used and their Belt Road Initiative, which is really geared at broadening their supply chains and, you know, making their, uh, you know, uh, ability to bring product into their country and export product out of their country. Uh, That's been a very important focus for them. So I think maybe slowing that down might, you know, temper their growth in the world trade picture. Um, you know, I think getting things negotiated like the USMCA deal with Mexico and Canada, getting negotiations with EU and Japan, uh, or maybe, sorry, with both of those trade partners, that can be a very positive influence on trade overall as we move forward. So we've got a lot of things going on uh, that have the potential to, you know, do that. But we really need to see how those details come out before we can say, yes, it's good or not.
1: Under this new Congress, uh, is there going to be substantial changes made in the deal with Canada-Mexico, do you think?
0: There's very few countries in the world that would like to negotiate with all 535 members of the U.S. House and Senate. Um, So it gives them the ability to do these things. What's going to happen is you'll see issues that lawmakers raise potentially addressed in what would be called probably side letters or potentially side agreements to the USMCA deal. And those don't have the same force as if they were part of the trade deal, but it makes clear that those are issues that are very important and, they, and and action probably needs to be taken to address the things that are raised in those side letters. So that's really, I think, where you're going to see the influence in Congress.
1: Dr. Cole said last night that um, we in North America have 28% of the world economy and so we really need to be a powerhouse in the North American agreements so you agree that that's really critical
0: yeah that's i mean if you know you've got to work and play well with your neighbors <laughs> so you know that's that's important those are two markets that we can serve with the least amount of transportation and other costs incurred in the process so it makes sense to be able to establish and maintain Very good relationships with your closest neighbors and trading partners. And until China's role in agriculture trade rose, our top exports were to Canada and Mexico and on the agriculture side in particular. So, uh, you know, keeping them as a reliable, uh, you know, trade partner is very important.
1: Overall, then, are you bullish on trade?
0: Again, we need to see some more of these agreements detailed. I think the USMCA deal uh, is a net positive, Um, especially for agriculture, because the biggest thing was agriculture wasn't, wasn't negatively impacted via the USMCA negotiations. We got some additional access to the Canadian market for dairy and for poultry. And we also got a more favorable treatment for U.S. wheat when it arrives in Canada. So there's, you know, there's some positives in there for U.S. agriculture. So that deal overall, I think, will be, you know, continue to be a net positive because I think NAFTA was a net positive for U.S. agriculture. But these other trade deals that are pending, we've got to see how they all shake out before we can really say, yeah, they're going to be good or "Mm, not so good.
1: You say there's some good signals, though, because of the relationships that farm country has with President Xi in China.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, you know, when, when Terry Branstad, the Iowa governor, was named as the U.S. ambassador to China, um, his relationship with President Xi goes back into the 1980s. And when, when he was named the ambassador to China, uh, the, the response, the reaction out of China was, ah, our old friend, Terry Branstad they value relationships. So we have, with Mr. Brandsted and President Xi, a personal relationship, and that can go a long ways, I think, in this whole process of U.S.-China trade.
1: I think we have to end on that really positive note. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Bernard. Well, Doug, you were probably hoping for a more definitive answer from uh, Mr. Bernard on that trade issue.
2: Yeah, I think we all are, but it's Nice to hear from, you know, an analyst that's outside the walls of ADM. I mean, we pay a lot of attention to this topic inside, but it's nice to hear perspective uh, that he offered about the trade issues. And and probably China is the biggest one. You know, um, China is the, the major a major trade partner for us. So we're super interested in China. But yeah, there are a lot of other issues uh, at play as well. And I wish, like a lot of you, that we could you know, get some clear answers and clear timelines and put this issue to bed and move on. But um, that is uh, not the case today.
1: So headlines in general are uh, swirling around farmers. We've got news of this African swine flu. We have, you know, other things unresolved as far as right now at this time of year with acreage decisions and South American weather. What do you think farmers should be doing to kind of stabilize their operations?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. There's so many things that we don't know and uh, the safety that I find, um, the resolve I find is, is usually to focus on the things that we do know. And, you know, there, there's things that we can do to put a good solid foundation plan in place and then we can adjust um, as news headlines come, as things change, as we get into planting season, as these other events happen. We do need to adjust, but starting with that foundation is an important piece.
1: Are there strategies you think work year in and year out despite any headlines? Well,
2: yeah, I think there are. And I think it starts again with a foundational plan. And I'll I'll offer uh, four points. And I'm not saying these are the only four things that you need to consider, but you got to start somewhere. And for me, I think these make a lot of sense. And, And so number one is You know, start to plan around price targets. Um, many times that is, that is a break even. Um, break evens, uh, you know, change, but you know, I would say focus on getting some price targets in place. What does it take for you to achieve what you have for financial goals? So once you have those price targets in place, it is. it makes it a little easier to start executing and making decisions you know based on the, the break even and price targets you have. Um, a second point would be and I, I want to say you know market early. Um, I, I'll say start early. start early thinking about marketing and all of uh, the customers that we have, all farmers have different habits and tendencies and how much they're willing to market ahead and when. Um, varies. That's fine, but start paying attention early. We have big carries in in soybeans. We have big carries in wheat. We have you know big carries in these markets. That's what makes um, forward marketing earlier uh, a lot of time makes sense. And especially as we go through, we're on the doorstep of planting season. Even though it doesn't look and feel like it today, we are. April, May, and June are very good. Times to think about marketing, especially on corn, but for soybeans as well. As we go through that time period of planting, uh, makes a lot of sense. So think about um, getting that plan in place early and to begin the execution of it. The the third one is is really ties directly both to both of the other ones, and that is, you know, especially as you get busy, go to the field, you have a lot of other things going on. Find a way to get some offers in place that can execute when you're not paying attention to it. So you get some price targets in place, put some offers in place. We have a, a an offer management application, ADM Offer Management. It's an app that you can download on your iPhone or Google Play. It works great. But if that's not your cup of tea, find a way. Call your merchandiser, call somebody and get some of those firm offers in place so that things can execute even when you're not paying attention to what might be happening within intraday markets. And the the last one I'll mention is get someone to help and assist. We would love to do that for you. Um, my, My promise is that we will help you plan for your best outcome. And if it's not someone from ADM, it could be your spouse. It could be a friend. It could be someone that helps keep you grounded. And when you start to second guess the plan you have in place, oftentimes those, piece, the, those people, once removed, can, can help you refocus and, and may help you make a better decision if, if there is an adjustment that's needed. So getting some assistance, um, someone you trust, um, we would love to earn that trust as well. But those four principles, planning around price targets and break-evens. You know, getting a plan set up early and and marketing early if the opportunities exist. Using those offers and getting some assistance are just really four very basic principles that will help people manage through the chaos that ensues in these markets every day.
1: Thanks, Doug. Uh, Those are all good ways to kind of newsproof, I guess, your farming operation this year. Fingers crossed regarding trade, but uh, if you need to learn about the strategies that Doug talked about, go to ADMAdvantage.com. You'll find your ADM team listed there as well if you just enter your zip code. Thanks for listening and be well managing your operation. This has been In the Driver's Seat, brought to you by
0: ADM. To learn more about managing financial risk in your grain operation, talk to your local ADM representative or go to admadvantage.com.